0: chatting with a client of ours who went from zero to 100 in the space of a few years through different trainings. So let's get into the conversation between myself, Mike Nelson, and a special guest appearance via the medium of a cell phone call, Lisa Hunt. Mike, this is really fun to be able to connect with you again because we it's been years, as we said prior to recording, that it's been a good number of years since we connected. I'd love if you could share like how, we, how we're connected, what's the connection between yourself and both myself and then also high five in a larger sense.
1: Yeah, it's been so long. It's so crazy to me when I start thinking about how long it actually has been. We first met when I came out to Vermont Rattleboro, high five, good time there. Didn't know anybody and came out to do the Adventure Basics, right? And so I did the Adventure Basics, made a ton of really cool friends. The rest is history.
0: <laughs> for the listener's sake, I think that what's really interesting about this connection is that this is a perfect example of someone coming in green or newer to the industry, to the larger industry, coming for a training and then us having the ability to be able to have A true like staff training plan of a multi-year plan of following you and training you. So in terms of like you coming to this to that Adventure Basics, then we you ended up working at Waikasuda, and it may have been if I'm correct, Waikasuda who paid for you to come out to us in the first place. Mm -hmm. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's also another great benefit of an organisation willing to invest in an individual. I think that's probably pretty, pretty much a good arc of Waikasuda's experience of yourself as well, mm-hmm. and then us having the touch points of being able to come out to Waikasuda, lead the trainings with you there, and then you also coming to level two trainings and that that kind of development from your perspective. You you came on that first day and you said you made loads of friends and, and connections. Was there something that sparked in you the like the that was like yes I want to do it because you did something that very few people tend to do, which is actually stay at a camp for multiple years right. in in that same role and keep developing. So that something kept you around. So what do you think that was? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And to back up a little bit, I didn't even say anything about the camp or, you know, how I ended up there. So this is a great transition into like the early stages. Right. So I grew up in Utah and so adventuring, climbing, hiking, camping all that good stuff in like northern utah where it's luscious and green and beautiful and then southern utah too where it's just red rocks and red dirt and really cool formations so i grew up pretty adventurous and i was teaching i was working in the special education realm and i did that for about six years and i just kind of hit a wall and felt like i was really stagnant And so was like, I'm going to just make a huge transition in life and do something crazy. And so I ended up like trying to apply to a bunch of mountain guide, mountain tour positions up in Alaska, because obviously if you're going to go on a crazy adventure, you go be a mountain guide in Alaska, right? And they said, Hey, you're really cool and seem really nice. And like, you have good skills, but you've never facilitated An adventure group in any adventure setting so we're just a little worried about that maybe you come out and and see in shadow and do another position and then eventually transition into that and i didn't like that answer just because i wanted to go and like do the thing that i wanted to do right but i was like well i'll build that experience and then i'm going to come back and tell you that i'm ready right so then i googled i was like how can i adventure facilitation experience like I had the like teaching background so I could teach I could guide but where do I facilitate right so I googled best camps in America <laughs> and the like a list of like 10 camps came up and I applied to all of them boys camps girls camps co-ed camps Pennsylvania New York Massachusetts Maine New Hampshire so they are all over the place and the role that i was hunting was uh you know the like director of the adventure program essentially and all the camps were really nice and they really liked me and my skills and my like people skills teaching ability once again like like uh, alaska that was uh i was having like flashbacks because i was like oh no (laughs) they don't like me just because i don't have experience and especially in the camp world everyone who works Mm -hmm. in the camp world knows how unique and wild the camp world itself is Mm -hmm. and so all these camps were really really nice but they all said the same thing essentially which was you've never been in camp you've never gone to camp you've never worked at camp so we're worried about a you even liking camp or being cut out for the camp world and then b) leading a group in like a leadership position right so they were all like just come as a general counselor or some sort of activity counselor, and then we'll move you up. But Waikasuda ended up being willing to take the leap. And, And it's funny hearing Justin, who's one of the directors. Justin and Corey, they're both wonderful people. But Justin pretty much, he recalls this story as like, so Mike, either everything he said was true and he's lived a crazy life, and he's really good at what he does, or he's just lying about everything and he's not gonna pan out to be who he claims to be, right? And I love when he tells that story because I've lived a pretty wild life in a lot of ways. So they gave me a chance, and, and they were willing to, to take that leap of faith. And I was expecting to just work there for one, maybe two summers, and then, and then go to
0: Alaska. One of the key things I noticed about yourself is that I would come into the trainings and it, I don't know if you necessarily started this tradition, but the idea of creating this banner at the start where all the staff were creating this big banner and you, I would come into the training and the, and the group was already clicked. Very often I go to trainings and it's disparate people and I have to do all the connection work, mm. but I was coming in and you had already done that. Is that something that you intentionally did? What's the thought behind the preamble before any trainer even got there
1: it was kind of me and then it was kind of camp right it was a combination it was camp in the sense of they typically would do like an overnight adventure somewhere with just staff staff overnight Mm. for like my team and outdoor adventure which was you know the nature side of things the hiking the off-camp activities So we'd go on that an overnight and that was a big moment to be like outside of the camp world feeling like you could be yourself a little bit more and then connecting with the people you're going to be spending the whole summer with and a lot of these people also didn't have experience so like I was feeling the same thing that they were feeling it was pretty yeah it was pretty intense but that combined with the fact that I would we would make a banner of like the theme of the summer and I did that because Then it got them into the moment at camp. So we had the outside of camp bonding and then in camp and this fun little project that was like, you get to see what creative sides people have. You get to see who's going to be the one that's in the front of the bus driving or helping the driver. You see, you're going to see the people who don't want to do anything and they're scared and want to go home because they're in the corner, you know? And so I just started that. And every year, so I worked there for four years or summers and we'd make a flag and it was one of my favorite parts. And like each flag was so unique and so fun. So for me as a climber, I think just my personality is that I, I was an outsider. I had never worked on a ropes course, no matter how much I knew ropes or I knew knots or I knew equipment, it was a different setting. So it's like, if you take a, like a janitor and then you take the janitor to a zoo and expect them to know how to do their job because they're both janitors it doesn't work it doesn't translate but they could probably figure it out they just might get eaten by like the tigers if they don't do it properly (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah i totally went into it just thinking i'm i don't know anything and i just went into it like really open to learn and refine my skills that i already knew but then also pay attention Part of why Waikasuda sent me to that training was because they figured it would help, A, check to see if I was safe and I knew what I was doing. And that was huge for them. And then B, I would be able to see how you, know, you taught, how Lisa taught, and it was really cool. So I wasn't only there to learn the skills of the trade, but also how to present to them and, and work with staff. So a lot of the best qualities I learned were honestly adopted from you lisa and a lot of other people that i got to work with such a critical thing of like constantly absorbing
0: information and growing and not having a level of arrogance to say well i've done this before or you know i think that every year like i would come you know the next year and do the same training and i never felt like there was like you were bored by anything that was being shared even though you'd done it before right because you what i also liked about it and i think this works in terms of a connection between Maybe the point person, the 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 manager of that department, or is that when we come to do a training, they're not 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 just having the opportunity to learn themselves, but truly observe the people they're going to be in charge of, right? Like you got to observe those people. We'd have conversations about maybe who would be on the Zip platform and and those kind of things. So I think that there's huge advantage as well of just being able to have bounce some ideas off a off a peer in terms of like who should be in what roles, right? I remember having great conversations at lunch about like this person did this well, or this person did this well. And I think that kind of connection is, is really important. So there's no arrogance in it. There's just like, just working together.
1: Yeah. Thanks. You're saying so many nice things about me. My head's just going to get too big. You know, it won't fit in this camera screen anymore. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Stories tend to like center us to experiences. So people listening to this and, there's a lot of people who have probably listened to this who have run summer camp programming or been around the summer camp world. For you, are any are there any stories over the four years that like really stand out to you as being like this is why that work was so important or why that this era of camp is kind of so important?
1: One of the first things that I really appreciated about Camp Boy Casuda was the fact, the fact that it was an all girls camp and they had like a really high standard for the campers. And they have the three C's, competence, confidence, and community, right? And it just to me seemed less of like a party, go have a good time, camp, which there's a lot of those out there. And more of just like a come make friends, get close, and, and learn a lot of really valuable skills. Honestly, I think if I were to say my like, highlight of why I did what I did, a lot of people think it was weird that I worked a g- at a girls camp. That's, that's fine. But I wanted to be a positive role model to each of these people, whether it was the staff that I worked with, whether it was the campers, whether it was, you know, the leadership. It didn't matter who they were. I wanted to show them that I wanted to help each person see and feel how important they are and and how big of an impact they can make on the world. And especially being women and empowering these young campers who are the future they like they are because camp boy Kasuda is you know a pretty high profile camp a ton of people google it they see that oh that's where obama's kids went you know and it's like that's the first thing people usually ask is is about that these girls and their future everything i wanted to be a good positive male role role model that didn't feel like i was talking down to my staff or mansplaining or feeling like i'm better in any way because that's not what I was there to do. I was there to uplift and just help and then help people find their potential. And on the adventure course, like there's so many ways you can do that. You know, it's especially in the challenge course setting. And even outdoor, like nature, outdoor adventure, you could totally find that and yourself through those activities.
0: So we're at the time where I'm going to attempt now to see if I can call in Lisa Hunt. This is a real test of my technological abilities and Lisa's.
2: Hello? I totally forgot you guys were going to call. Uh,
1: How could you ever forget about us?
2: Are you on the phone with Mike Nelson?
1: Yeah, can you hear him? Hi.
2: Mike? It's me. Yay, I can.
0: The tech, the tech is working. This is positive. So, Lisa, you are you're just leaving a training. I hope the training went well and it finished well. I wonder, do you have a question for Mike?
2: My question is about the gap that is left between when you receive training from a professional vendor, and High Five is an example, and then you go to manage a course like you did for, for camp, what are the areas that like aren't covered in training that you had to kind of figure out about how to use the challenge course? And then what could we learn from those gaps that we could potentially help solve w- within our workshops? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. And because it was so many years ago, I'm worried I'm going to miss like, a, or I'm going to say something and then it will be, no, we go over that. And then it just, obviously I wasn't listening during that part like I should have maybe. But um, the first thing that comes to my mind Honestly, we talked about earlier the people skills, the, the bonding, like all that was easy for me. The hardest part absolutely was scheduling, figuring out the staff, like what periods off, how, what elements, the progression, just the program outline and how it runs. Like I didn't even know how a day at camp felt, let alone how I'm going to have five, five different sessions with X amount of campers, and then one bonus one at the end of the day. Figuring out the dynamics of the organization and approach to that camp specifically, and each camp is so different.
2: Totally. And I remember coming to camp and talking with you about that. And I don't. I mean, I don't even. I don't even he- like hear that as like critical of high five. I hear that as like as a reminder for me as a trainer. That have like the, just the big step that people have to take going from, especially an introductory workshop and then going to work at a camp or a school or a facility where you have to figure out like what's, like you said, what's the progression, what's the schedule, how do you figure that all out, knowing that there's gonna be some areas where you as the expert who's been trained have a say in other things that are already gonna have been decided for you right, that you can't necessarily change.
1: It was this guy coming in who never planned anything. And then they're like, this is your area. You're responsible for all of it. And I'm like, how do I even use like Microsoft Word or or Excel to make like my training documents? Like I didn't even know what I was doing.
2: No, and even just when you say that, it's like when Phil and I and our colleagues go to do a training at a camp and we're working with a challenge course manager, like I'm only thinking about can you do a rescue? Do you know how to set up this belay, mm-hmm. all that stuff? And I'm sometimes maybe I don't consider all the other things as a activity director or activity head. You have to sort of that you're also going through training at the same time. It could be so much yeah. that, that you're responsible for.
1: Yeah. I did feel like because we were friends, you know, we connected like you and Lisa and I, I feel like we had a cool special connection from the start. But I didn't hesitate to, you know, Mm -hmm. utilize, especially that time when you were there to be like, okay, I'm drowning. I don't even know what the standard operating procedures are. I don't know what the locals are. And I don't know what my preference is because I've never done it. And so I would bounce ideas and questions and you, you were both very helpful in helping me feel supported, even outside of the training and high five in general. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like, I feel like anyone could like pretty much call high five and ask a question and the person answering the phone would like do their best to help but i think that that approach with maybe coming in with at least a sense of okay here's they do five sessions throughout the day with a selective at the end and then each one because that was a huge part of my progression with the program was i only had 50 minutes so if i had 20 campers 50 minutes it was a nightmare to try to get the campers to have at least two minutes on the, on the rock wall, like it was impossible. And so that was the other really big challenge that I faced. Well, in the camp world.
2: Sure. And I think Mike, your comment, well, two, I have two reactions to that. One is that I, and I think I can speak for Phil on this, like those conversations with folks we meet in workshops are so joyful for us. And it's really kind of amazing how few folks take advantage of that. Would you agree with that, Phil?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I was saying to Mike before, he was he was feeling he was getting a big head because I was complimenting him. But I do think that there is a reality that the reason we're having this conversation in the first place and both saying the things that we're saying, myself and Lisa, is because you are an anomaly, even if you don't think you necessarily are mm. because of those things. Thank you.
2: Yeah. And it makes us, I mean, as a byproduct is that it does help us at our job. And I think, so the other thing that what Mike's point is making me think about is, When somebody is enrolling in a Beyond Basics, especially because they've been hired as a camp course director, we could help them say, hey, here are some questions to ask your camp. What's the general schedule? What are my supervision responsibilities? How much room do I have to play with the timing of how people use the course so they can be like really thinking about how do I put these skills into a context that I can even imagine versus I think the more common approaches are oh, you're hired. Let's go off to f- high five, get a bunch of training and then sort of bring it all back to camp.
1: Mm-hmm. So they throw you straight yeah. into the water and then they say, okay, swim.
2: Right. <laughs> exactly.
1: When it's,
0: and it's a case sometimes you come to a training and then the expectation is because you were sent to a training. Now, you
1: know it all. And it's like, I don't even know what the day looks like. That was my biggest focus though was was figuring out the how i could utilize this time at the challenge course so that the campers got more than one minute on the elements anything else to add before
0: you go lisa
2: no it's great i'm so glad i can't wait to hear this episode and hear the whole conversation and i'm very honored to have a little a little spot and enjoy the rest of your conversation guys thanks friend bye
0: that was cool that's i like doing that i'm gonna do that more often in episodes just do a random call. So the last thing I'm going to add, and this will kind of wrap up our, our conversation. From your experience, you went for all the training, you worked at the summer camp. If you were a new person who was entering the adventure field, so if you could go back to you and taking that adventure basics, we sort of elicited to maybe learn the schedule and all those kind of things would be a critical benefit, something you should f- consider. What piece of advice, though, would you give to someone starting off in the industry
1: in terms of how to engage in the field? I would say safety, number one, right? No injuries, no accidents, be safe. As long as you know the basics of safety and can do that confidently and be the person that's in charge of keeping everyone safe, great. Outside of that, don't think you're going to do it perfectly because you're not. And it's going to change and it's going to adapt even from day to day. So I think people, myself included, put unreliable, realistic expectations on myself as a new instructor and facilitator and so i would just tell the person if you know how to be safe keep it a hundred percent safe your staff campers everyone involved then don't take yourself too seriously outside of that and play around with it so you can find the ultimate way to do your job
0: yeah you're going to make mistakes and i think that that's a good thing i think and i appreciate you being able to share that because hopefully people can listen to that and be like yes mistakes are fine mm-hmm. and you just learn from them and there's some humility to that and i think that's a really important thing awesome thank you so much for this mike this has been a real pleasure if, if it's okay with you i can stick your uh your contact information in the description and if anyone has any questions about stuff they can always reach out to you
1: yeah absolutely that would be great and if you ever want me back let me know i'd I feel like we could have talked all day. There's so many good things we could have talked about.
0: Yeah. We'll keep you in, we'll keep you in the loop for future episodes. We'll let the listeners be the judge. If they say no way, we don't want this guy back. You kidding me? If I say I've got Mike back and they were like, let us know in the comments, rate review, maybe yeah. Review and say specifically bring Mike back or
1: I hated his shirt.
0: (laughs) If it was, if that was the thing, I loved everything he said, but I could not handle with the horizontal stripes that guy just talking about stripes if horizontal stripes broaden you right they make you look broader that's what i need to start using i'm not wearing enough horizontal stripes everyone says i'm too skinny but if i wore horizontal stripes then everyone would say look at this guy How is he so large? How is he so
1: buff? He's so... What's his workout regime? Oh, exactly. Yeah. No, I think not only did the listeners learn something, but you did too. You're right.
0: Thank you, sir. I appreciate you, and I appreciate the lesson that I learned.
1: I I had a great time.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for listening to Vertical Playcast.
0: And then what about thanks for listening to High Fives Podcast? Can you do it? Okay, try
1: Thanks for giving. I'm
2: a good pasta guy. <laughs> <laughs>